Hello and welcome to Two Sweary Dads, a podcast about parenting and other dadly pursuits. I'm your host, Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hi. So this week we have a special guest. Uh, we've got a pre-recorded interview that we just did with Janine Sanders, a children's author. Uh, and we had a, a really interesting conversation with her. She she writes books about body safety and gender equality uh, and and consent. You know, a few things that, that we have spoken a bit about on this podcast before in, in regards to our kids and our parenting styles. Mm-hmm. It was a great chat. And here it is. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. All righty. So far away. All right, so yeah, well, um, thanks for joining us. Thank uh, you. Firstly, great. Yeah, so we yes. uh, we thought we'd have you on and just and just chat a little bit about what you do and uh, for our audience listening, you are a, a children's author. Yes. Could you just tell us sort of a little bit about the types of books you write and and how you uh, sort of got into that line of work? Okay, great. All right. Well, um, I'm a teacher, and a number of years ago, I. Was- I actually trained in Queensland and when I was 24 I came down to Melbourne looking for a bit of more cultural diversity and I ended up uh, getting a job in a publishing house as an editor and um, from there I sort of stayed in publishing for quite some time but there was a chance to start writing so I started writing children's readers um, probably about 20 years ago now under the name of Jay Dale. So I've mm-hmm. actually written lots and lots of children's readers, but this area of um, empowerment for children and body safety is fairly recent for me. Um, I've been writing in that area for about four years now under the name, my married name and my full name, which is Janine Sanders. Everybody gets it wrong, but you can call me Jay. <laughs> anyway, sure. so I started writing in that area. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Um, <clears throat> as a you know, mother of three daughters, I just naturally always taught them that their body was their body and they had rights over it and no one should touch it and all those sorts of things. And I just thought everybody else was doing that as well. But Mm -hmm. when I went to the kids' primary school and said, look, I really think we need to be doing some sexual abuse prevention education for our children, I just, you know, was put to the bottom of the agenda, basically. Um, People Mm. just didn't want to know about this subject. So I started calling it body safety because I feel that that's more palatable for people. But it just seemed obvious to me because the statistics of one in three girls and one in six boys can be sexually abused before they're 18 and they're more likely to be sexually abused than have asthma, just made me think, you know, shouldn't we be doing more? Yeah, when you put it that way, like you put the statistics in those terms, like that's that's devastating, you know? Uh, Very much so. I mean, I've got asthma. (laughs) Yeah. So... So I'm sort of I'm on the lucky side <laughs> well, of, the, of the statistics equation there. It's absolutely devastating. Yeah. So when you think about that, and you think about the fact that um, perpetrators rely on our fear of this topic, our adult fear of it, and you mm. know they just spend their time hiding in the shadows, grooming our children. I mean, ninety. Five percent of children know their perpetrator, so they're amongst our families and friends, and you know, in our community. Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, ask me any questions anytime. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to ask about that actually because, um, yeah, like the statistics I've seen have shown that the vast majority of, of sexual assault against children is committed by, uh, you know, family members or somebody that they know or, you know, that mm. they would otherwise be, be close to. And yeah, I was wondering, like, how is, is that a challenge? Like, how, how challenging is that when you're writing these books? And we, sh- and we should mention that, you know, you, you write some books that are sort of, I guess, more narratives. Um, mm. like some secrets should never be kept. And, sure. Uh, I haven't read the other one about the pirate. Oh, the pirate uh, girl. But yes. But, uh, uh, and then you have some other ones that are sort I of a do. bit more. I guess informational in a sense and mm. sort of a bit more about giving tools to children. Yeah. And I also have a parent's guide because I was blogging about this. I mean, I, I need to say that I'm not a survivor. I'm just a mom mm. and a teacher and thinks we can do more for our kids. So I yeah, started absolutely. blogging about this because, you know, I was really annoyed by being ignored by the local school. So... um those kind of blogs that I put together, I then put into a t- our parents' guide, which isn't a right. very big read. But it just, I mean, we need, as parents and educators, we need to educate ourselves as well so that we can protect kids and know how to skill them up in an age-appropriate way. So that, you know, I wrote that to to give parents yep. an idea about statistics about what to look for grooming and also what lessons that they can teach their kids in a sort of very age appropriate way yeah well on the on the age thing like um because i trevor and i have fairly young kids trevor's son is just has just turned four and my oldest is about to turn three and we've we've read my body what i say goes to our son Mm mm-hmm and and there was for the most part I, I did feel like that was age appropriate, but I was wondering like uh, are there challenges to writing uh, these so that they work for relatively young kids like mm. that? I mean, he's at the bottom age, I think, of what sure. the recommend recommendations are. But you know, some of it we were a little bit concerned about whether about whether we were like, are we putting ideas into his head now about you know because we talk about the, the private parts and that nobody should touch mm. them and that, and that sort of thing, which of course is incredibly important. But when they're at that age, as parents, obviously we do still need to touch his private parts in, in, in completely appropriate of way. Course. So yeah, just, are there challenges around that for, for keeping it age appropriate? There is. And, and you want kids to be able to feel comfortable in their own skin too. I mean, you want them, it's fine for them to touch themselves and, you know, that they learn that they can do that in a private place. And I mean, obviously yep. we want them to have great relationships as they get older, but really it, it is challenging. I mean, I began, the first book was Some Secrets Should Never Be Kept. And that mm-hmm. was written basically in response to, I just felt that I needed to have some kind of voice so people would listen and know that this is is an important issue and that you know that still is probably the book that I I feel most kind of proud of I suppose because it's it's written in a narrative and a story form but for a child who's never been abused that that book will just be a story and it you know children feel a lot of empathy for that little brave knight but since then I've then gone on to write other books like No Means No and My Body When I Say Goes. And I think that, you know, we need to, even your even though your son is only three, 
we need to empower him from a young age to to know to have a voice really yeah and be able to speak up and say you know no i don't like that cuz you know he has a body he has body boundaries and he has a right to to be in charge of that even from a very young age and no, I, I don't i don't think in any way will you be causing any troubles or putting any ideas in his mind because you know he doesn't have any ideas about what this touch is do you know what i mean like the for kids like y- young children they they're fascinated by their bodies but they need to also be very aware that they do have private parts and mm. they belong to them and yeah sure a trusted adult such as yourself will be out will have to touch them sometimes but you always can ask permission too like, no absolutely yeah. yeah and we do we make sure um and i do that more and more um you know even just when he goes to the to the toilet sort of yeah. wiping his penis and um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, what we're almost more worried about is, like you said, they don't have any idea of that. So he sort of, he didn't even no. have a sense that his genitals were private. No. Um, and, and so our concern was actually more about like, oh, if he knows that they're private and he wants to play up, then that's now something he can do. Like if, if he, if he sort of wants to be naughty, yeah. he can, he can do something, you know, to take his privates out and start touching them or something without sort of knowing yet. Uh, at this age, that that that's not appropriate. So mm. um, I guess, yeah, it's well that will develop with time. Like you're doing the right thing by starting early, taking it slowly, not worrying about it. And as as he grows up, as he gets older, he'll know the boundaries. He'll it'll all sort of you know fall into place for him. But he will also know that if anybody touches him inappropriately and he gets those early warning signs, which you've obviously mm. started to talk about. He'll know to tell yes. you, and that's yeah. what you want. I mean, that yeah, is definitely. exactly what you want is that he will know to tell you. And he'll also, you know, we're seeing a lot more because we have such a porn culture now and it's so, you know, it's so accessible for young children. We're seeing a lot mm. more child-on-child sexual abuse. Yeah, that's interesting because yeah. I've, I've done a little bit of or I sort of read articles on that and, you know, I think there are sort of mixed feelings about the about whether that's uh, you know whether there's certain aspects of just working things out through play that's maybe normal versus you know obviously if mm. if that's happening and they've seen something inappropriate then um you mm. know is that a sign of abuse to watch out for or you know different things like that mm-hmm. i mean pornography you're going to get we're seeing a lot of like kids look some of them are seeing pornography as young as eight, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. And because it's it's a traumatic thing they've seen and they don't understand it, they might outplay it on a younger child. Yeah. And I, you know, usually we say if there's a you know a two or three year gap between them and they're sort of investigating each other's genitals, that's kind of normal sexual play, like playing doctor. Yeah, yeah, like playing doctor. But those those um lines are being a little bit blurred now because of the fact that pornography is so accessible to children and mm-hmm. you know we're hearing of of kids getting other kids in the toilets and trying to touch them and stuff so that that's why it's really important that they know that that's not okay and to tell someone that's 
they'd really try. Yeah. So with with the rise of um, technology, have Mm. these numbers actually been going up? Certainly child on child has, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And also, you know, perpetrators will use pornography uh, as a tool in grooming. They might, I'm, I'm not talking about, like, when they when your children are younger, like, they're basically in your care and, you know, and you're very aware parents and you're keeping an eye on them. But, you know, as they grow older and they're seven or eight and they're off to sort of camp or someone's house or something, well, perpetrators will use pornography to show children that this is normal. Like they might show them like a child sex exploitation material and say mm. this is normal. Now, if the child has never been had any instruction in body safety whatsoever, they're basically at the mercy of this perpetrator telling them whatever, you know, children are just listen and and they're telling them that this is normal behaviour. And, yeah, if they have no education, they're, they're really going to – it's going to be very, very difficult. So in, in preparing for this interview, I, I did actually go and, go and read Some Secrets Should Never Be Kept and also No Means No. Um, mm. I also then then watched um, on on your YouTube page the um, the um, Deborah Byrne reading it. Uh, re- reading and I actually found I found more more things in in Deborah Byrne reading it than myself reading it. Like uh, she emphasised a, a couple of things that I mm. didn't quite pick up when I was when I was reading and found it very encouraging that when when the the knight did finally talk to his mum that mm. the mum you know, immediately uh, believed him and all that sort of stuff. And that's that's a yeah, very that positive was, message. And I thought that was done very well, absolutely. One of my favourite parts of the book. And it's really good that he, he you know, he decided to to tell her and, and, you know, when he first tried to sort of hint at it, and children will do this, they, you know, they're so terrified by whatever the perpetrator has said to keep the secret, they'll actually drop a lot of kind of hints and um you know that he's so sort of frightened and and sort of he's kind of dropping a hint to her that he doesn't want to go to um lord henry's place anymore and she's not picking up on that hint but then yeah, when he actually finds the courage to tell her she does believe him because yep. children need to tell this is just at the moment but we hope we're changing that they need to tell three adults before one of them will believe them. Mm. So, you know, we have to educate ourselves in this area too to know to believe children. And we know that I think I, I think the percentage is something like 95% of kids when they actually, um, you know, disclosed their, their statements were found to be true. So kids don't lie about this. They really do not. No. No. So we need to believe them. I think there is a tendency for people to, you know, brush kids off like that. But, you know, mm. by, by the by the age, you know, gen- generally it, it doesn't take long before they realise that this is something serious and then they're not just going to, mm. you know, that, and, and generally particularly if they haven't been exposed to these sorts of things before, like, Mm. They they're not just going to make the they're not just going to make it up, right? They're not com- it's not they're no. not making up these details out of whole cloth. So you, yeah, something's happened. Yeah, I mean we've Taz, uh, my oldest, he goes to daycare 
and already, and obviously, you know, this is not to the the degree of of what we're talking about. But you know, he he did come home, and we sort of got a bit of an odd feeling about the way he spoke another about another boy, and that was more just around sort of bullying mm. and and maybe being pushed around a little bit. Um, but uh, it is, mm. yeah, it is hard to to know from what a what a child says. Um, you know, sort of what's actually going on there, but um, but obviously, yeah, definitely something to to look out for and not just dismiss. And also, I mean, in the book, no means no. That again, for little children, is also a bit about bullying in a way. So that even, you know, if someone comes into your body bubble or someone comes and you know touches you or wants to give you a hug and you don't want to, or they they push you around, you have the right to say no stop yeah. i don't like that and you know that that is also very helpful in any bullying situation so you're Absolutely. basically just empowering them for those giving them a voice and i think children just haven't had a voice in the past and i've seen a big change in the last 4 years like more and more parents are getting on board and realizing the importance of body safety so you know their perpetrators are looking for children who have no knowledge I mean, the most important thing for them is that the secret is kept. So any child who says, oh, you can't touch my penis or, some, you know, is, is well-versed in what the names of the private parts are, mm. that perpetrator is going to run for the hills because yeah. that's, yep. uh, that is an educated child and that child knows to tell. And, and, you know, that's the last thing they want is a, an educated child who knows mm. how to... T- it, it to- tell on them you know so yeah we've actually found i was just gonna say we found the body bubble stuff very helpful already i think that's that's a very good sort of metaphor to use for that sort of thing and and you know he he has um two younger sisters uh and we use that because he tends to push them around a bit as Mm. as happens with siblings uh Mm. but we're very careful to sort of say you know no if she's you know, if she's crying, if she's upset, that means, you know, she wants you out of mm. her body bubble and to, to move away. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't always respect it, obviously, being a three year old. And <laughs> I had to use it the other day because I was on the toilet and yeah. he was coming up and sort of getting too close and, and wanting to get in my business. And I was telling him that he was in my body bubble and that he needed to leave and just, step back a few and a few steps and he was not happy about that at all <laughs> oh really okay yeah. he's still such a baby he's still so young yeah no exactly but you're doing such a great job i mean that's fabulous mm. yeah i hope so i hope so we've, we've definitely um encouraged or we've definitely talked about consent from from very early on mm. um and making sure particularly with his sisters and uh that, that that's emphasized in different ways which is why another area why I started to write too about gender equality because I felt, um, you know, with with a lot of discussion lately on domestic violence and we do know that um, domestic violence, women being killed in Australia is quite high and the domestic violence we have in our society is um, seems to be on the increase, sadly. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. very and sad. I, it is, and I think that often stems from, you know, a lack of respect towards women. So that's why I just feel as a teacher when I'm teaching preps, they see, you know, they they see more similarities than they do differences. And, you know, the boys will dress up in the little 
tutus just as well as the girls will and I see no difference between them in that in those big ways but no. when they get to about grade one or two then it's like oh I'm a boy I'm faster than you and I can you know I can get that ball before you and and this sort of gender inequality starts to creep in and yeah I think that's a very learned behavior Sorry. I mean, of course. Yeah. I think it's a learned behaviour from. It is. Usually stemming is. from from the parents. I mean, modelling. We're, we're very we're very big on making sure that you know James isn't, or James is my son, um, that he isn't you know just given boy toys because he's a boy. You know, yep. if he wants something, he can he can have it. He's got a doll that he plays with all the time, and it's like absolutely. Someone made mention to us a little while ago oh that's a girl's toy it's like no it's a toy mm. if he wants to play with it he can play he can play with it because there's you got to shut that down quickly because <laughs> um, i mean this is the thing <laughs> and, I'm not... and teachers need to shut that down oh absolutely yeah no i'm not looking forward to the day when taz comes home and starts sort of parroting some of those ideas uh, because unfortunately, you know, like, yeah. like you said, sort of as they get older and they are getting out there and they're going to sleepovers and they're going to school, you just, you can't shelter them from that anymore. Um, and I've already, you know, we've already found that it, just, just the shift from, you know, we realized the other day that now he's at daycare, you know, the, for the first year mm. to two years of his life, basically every piece of information he received came from us and we sort of had full, full control over, uh, over what he heard yeah. and saw. And so, and so when he came out with different ideas, we could generally tell where that had come from. But as soon as he, you know, started yeah. going to daycare and started meeting other kids, which of course is, is normal, but, uh, it was a bit of a shock to us because suddenly he'd have a piece of information. He became a Trump we- supporter. <laughs> <laughs> he became a Trump supporter. Not yet. And- thankfully. <laughs> oh. God. I mean, that's probably, that's, I mean, I was going to say that's probably, wait, we're probably going to see that on the rise. Like, we're just we're oh, probably going to see that rise even more, you know, oh, uh, with, I mean, with the, oh my the God. political environment. Yeah. Well, it makes me even it makes me want to just be even more loud about this, you know, with with Trump and his sexism, misogyny, his, his all of that. You know, don't get me started, but it makes me want to just be even, you know, kinder towards people and stand up for minorities more and push the gender equality more just because I'm, you know, what that's what I can do to help. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and that's that's exactly what we have to do. And, and I'm, I've been pleased, at least on my little Facebook echo chamber, to have seen a lot of that. Uh, mm. you know, posit- it's just a positivity coming out of that and, and that we have to fight. And, you know, a lot of donations in the, in the, in the US to the ACLU and to Planned Parenthood and, and all those organizations that are, yeah. that are vilified by the other side sort of thing and, and oh. but, but are just, just trying to do good things. So It's just nuts. It's just so nuts. But I think it's very, you know, gender inequality is embedded. You know, it's with grandparents, it's with neighbours, it's with teachers. Like even they will, you know, this is not a criticism of them. They don't even know they, they're doing it. But, you know, oh, the boys can take the bins out, you know, the girls can clean the board. It's just those... Nah, and t- and then if you point it out and say, well, hang on a minute, here I've got a poster I just put out recently about how you can encourage gender equality in your classroom, and it's very simple things. And once you're kind of aware that you're doing it, you can rectify it in a way. And um, yeah, I think that is a big part yeah. of it is just sort of opening people's 
eyes to it. And I mean, I know that I mm. personally, you know, up until sort of meeting my wife, who is who is very, uh, you know, aware and 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 empowered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very empowered. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one yes. of the reasons I love her so much, but until that point, because <laughs> I just I didn't, you know, I I, I certainly had sexist. Um, ideas as we all do just ba- because of the society we're growing up in. But I definitely was mm. nowhere near as aware as I am now of, mm. of the privilege that I have as a man and how that affects people around me and, and yeah, just how mm. unequal things are. And now, and now I get to be outraged when I see people online who, who don't, you know, who don't understand that. And, and they just don't. I mean, they just don't get it and they don't understand like when you're a woman and this person who is now going to be the president of the United States talks about women and their bodies uh, in such derogatory terms yeah. like men actually don't know what it's like you know they it's just like saying you know to a to a black person oh i understand what it must be like for you you know in the states or something no you don't understand what it's like because you're white and it's the same for women like to be spoken about like that is just it's just horrible it's just really I mean, it's really just horrible perpetu- and it's just perpetuating the idea you know the uh, the whole the whole mansplaining thing of of yeah. tell- basically telling telling women how to be a feminist or how to what it's like as a woman it's like no well no you you don't get yeah. this yeah and what makes me really sad and why I actually wrote no means no was there was a little girl in grade 1 that I was teaching and she a little boy kept coming up to her and trying to grab her hand and kiss her and mm. she I said to her you know stand your ground and say no I don't like that and we tried it and we practiced it and you know she couldn't do it she just couldn't yeah. do it and i think Already what kind age. of teenager is yeah. she going to be at that age so if the boy you know if a boy is telling her to do this or that when she's a teenager and you know send me nude pictures and and she can't say no that's what she's going to do so yeah. we have to start from a very young age to, to get this equality embedded in children that this is how it is you know it's really weird because it's one of the first. It's one of the first words the kids will will actually learn, but then mm. you know there's there seems to be that shift away from no no don't keep on saying no and mm. then eventually it becomes oh if someone asks you to do something you just do it yeah yeah I mean it's sort of a very traditional way to raise children isn't it to you know do do as the parents say and and speak when you're spoken to and that sort of thing and and that probably feeds into that to some degree. It does, and it makes a child feel like you're just, you know, you're you're just at the the adult's mercy. Really, you don't have a voice. You have to do what I say. And getting that goes back to perpetrators, who then they go, oh well, I'm only little. I have to do what adults say. I'll do what you say. Yeah, yeah, they and, take um, advantage. You know, of we, that, we're that basically thing. setting them up. <laughs> you know, we're kind of setting them up if we don't yeah. say, yeah. yeah, you. I mean, not about cleaning your teeth. You don't. If you say clean your teeth, you need to clean your teeth. But certainly if they don't want to kiss someone or hug someone, they, they've got a right to say no. And if we Absolutely. say go and do it, you must kiss auntie, whatever, it's saying, well, your voice doesn't matter, so do what the big person says. Ben's got a funny story about yeah 
Ben, you, your funny story about Taz, <laughs> about not wanting to kiss your kiss your wife because she had, uh, what was it, bread breath? <laughs> yeah, he, he 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 told her. Yeah, because uh, because we do exactly that. We we ask his permission. We ask for kisses, mm. and and for a while now he hasn't wanted to, and that's fine. But Erica asked him why, and um, and she, and he said that she, her, she has bad breath. And that it smells like Well, he said it smells like bad bread. Oh. And and we weren't sure whether he just missed misheard bad breath and was saying bad bread. But we asked him again a bit later and he said old sandwiches. (laughs) So he obviously had actually made some sort of connection to two sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. And you know, You know, people often say to me, well, look, is, you know, do I have to ask my child for a hug all the time? You know, do I? Well, it's, it's not about that. It's about like once, once it's there, like you don't have to always say, can I have a hug? Can I have a hug? The child knows that they, there are people in their lives that they want to hug and they want to give hugs to and yep. they will do that. But it's when there are people who they don't know, who, um, who come into their lives and just instantly take those hugs or kisses, that's when, you know, they really, those people actually need to, they don't like it, but you need to pull them up and say, well, you know, really, um, could you ask, you know, him if he would like a hug? And Yeah. It's- yeah, well, I'm glad that, so before Taz was born, you know, being the uh, excited and, and optimistic parent parents that we were, we, we read a lot of books and, and one of them I read uh, was one mm. called um, Renegade Rules for Raising... Oh, I can't remember. Something like that. Renegade Rules for Raising Your Children. But um, it, it is a lot of these things that are, I guess, not in the traditional vein of parenting. But no. It, uh, but one of one of those was around, in, um, yeah, like uh, asking permission and not, not making your kids kiss someone that they don't want to or hug someone that they don't want to. And, and I'm, I'm really glad that I read that book because, I yeah, I probably... I wouldn't necessarily have thought of that otherwise. Um, mm, I think mm. I think it is. What sort of reaction are you getting? What sort of reaction Taz? are you getting from like? Well, no, from um, oh, Taz's from grandparents people. or people in your life. Are they are they They're with you all, on this? Yeah, they are. We haven't That's had great. anybody who's you know yeah who who has has pushed the issue at all. So no, it's been good. Your kids are going to be so like you guys, like seriously, your kids are going to just know their own minds. They're going to be so empowered. They're going to be just really amazing human beings, which is what we want. And I, I think I see that in my own daughters. You know, I'm mm. not trying to be skidey here, but they're pretty <laughs> special. You know, they're all now like 23, 20 and 18. But yep. no, they're not special. They're just, they've had a voice from a young age and they're very, you know, I'm very proud that they can use it and nobody yeah, neck absolutely. mucks with them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, and exactly, that's what we want for our kids. And, and yeah. you know, it, in a perfect world, that's what everybody would want from their kids is is that they just, they do have their own voice and they can make their own way and, and tell, you know, tell people mm. what they want and, and yeah. Um, yeah. It's really important and, you know, and I think the more like just doing this interview with you guys and the more light we shine on these issues um, but but particularly about the body safety, I think, 
the you know the safer our children will be and i'm just quite determined to put those perpetrators out of business but it seems to me that they've taken to the online s- sphere yeah um, you sort of whatever tools are mm. are available i guess but um... and picking on vulnerable children too like kids who who don't have homes like you guys you know mm. I don't know if you saw the Four Corners the other night, but about the kids in care and just coming from such, um, you know, vulnerable backgrounds and this, the, the people who prey upon them is, is really quite shocking. Yeah. Mm. Well, my, so my parents have, have been foster parents for the past, well, no, 25 years. Um, so yeah, that's, that's particularly distressing to me because, mm. you know, I've, I've seen that firsthand. I've seen the types of kids who need, need help mm. from, from foster mm. parents and, and to think about them going into a house where they're then preyed upon uh. in that way and taken advantage of is, is just horrifying. And and that's why we need our schools on board also to teach respectful relationships, Absolutely. gender equality and yes. body safety. We really yeah. and why I've been pushing that with schools because some of these kids, you know, like their home environment is just is not going to, to provide that for them and schools have to do it. And the other thing is also you know, it, it might be that, say, when your kids are a bit older, that a friend comes up to them and because often kids will disclose to a friend and might come mm. up and disclose to your child and your child knows exactly what to do for that friend, which yeah. is tell a trusted yeah. adult. So, yeah. you know, it mightn't actually be them who who is, um, um, what's the word, targeted. It's actually their friend may actually disclose to them. Well, yeah. On the schools too, like that's why I was so disgusted about all the criticism of the Safe Schools program. Oh, um, God. You know, earlier this year, it was it, it's it's that same, you know, the the Trumpian side of politics, unfortunately, oh. uh, who who just who just don't get it and and have their own sort of, you know, wherever it's come coming from all the time, it is, it is religion and different things, but but just taking it in the wrong way and and. No. And also the thing is that people who are making these decisions about, oh, the safe school's not suitable or whatever, they've got no idea what this generation is actually like. You know, my daughters, they wouldn't care if someone is gay or not gay or transgender or what. They don't actually care. And um, they are so... This generation is actually really, really tolerant of every kind of person... Not tolerant, um, accepting of every kind of person. Mm. And... You know, they're very comfortable with safe schools and um, very inclusive. And it's these older, dare I say, middle-class white males who are making decisions for this generation. And I have great um, respect for them. I think they're going to bring our world... You know, I was just thinking about it tonight, actually. I want to be around in the next kind of 20 or 30 years because I just think they're going to hopefully bring our world back to where it should be and not where it's heading at the moment. Yeah, I definitely see this generation, yeah, it, you know, is a lot more accepting of that and just you see it online and you see people talking about it and, and mm. particularly around tra- uh, transgendered issues. Mm. In the, I, th- I feel like even just in the past, you know, five years um, mm. have really come to come to much more, um, much more of a head and getting a, a lot more uh, exposure, which is, which is, Great, obviously. Yeah, there's a, mm. I don't know if you've heard, there's a book that I backed on Kickstarter actually, which is a children's book, mm. um, called Int- Introducing Teddy. 
Oh, I, I've heard of the people at Re, um, where was it? Is it, uh, Readings? Is it, yeah. I'm it, not sure. It's a Mel, she's a Melbourne author. Mm. And yeah, it's a book about a boy and his teddy. And mm. one day they, they go to the park and Teddy is sad and, and he asks why he's sad. And Teddy says that I, I don't want to be a boy. I feel like I'm a girl. Mm. Uh, and, but you know, I don't know if you'll be my friend anymore. Mm. But you know the the boy says no. I'll, you know I'll always be your friend. And 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 then the story just goes on. And now instead of Thomas, she's called Tilly, and they have fun, fun. and that's it. And, like it's it's really well done and nice nice sort of illustrations Aww. and stuff. And that's lovely. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to get it. I'll have to get mm. it. Mm. We need more books like that where um you know we're talking about. I've got a couple more that I've got in mind. One's more on empathy and one's more on um, giving kids skills who've been in um, domestic violence situations mm-hmm. because, you know, they they um, they lose a lot of hope, I think, kids who are in traumatic situations. So we need more books like that, that's for sure. Mm, we really do. But it sounds yep. like you guys are doing a great job with your kids. That's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. We're, we're Thank definitely you. trying our best. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So I hope that um, lots of um, parents and schools will come on board and not see these issues as scary, but actually how parenting kind of should be these days and how how we should be educating our kids for the future. So, hmm. how how have the schools been been taking to this so far? Well, in Victoria, where we're from, obviously, um, I am actually have to say I am very proud of the education minister James Molino. Mm-hmm. Um, he promised me he would bring in um, some kind of body safety, respectful relationships, and he has, and he's brought in revised new seven safety standards. So point seven is all about prevention. So schools will need to do prevention work in this area. So that's fantastic. But on the ground, I don't know how many schools are actually teaching body safety. Are you still active in the in the schools or...? I, I'm happy to go to schools. We have a teacher's resource kit, which mm-hmm. is what I provided Mount Evelyn with. And I was happy to, um, that school, I gave a talk and everything. But yeah, we, like, we have quite, the teacher's resource kit has like 10 body safety lessons, four respectful relationships lessons, lots of my books in there, um, an activity book, all sorts of things so that they can easily teach this PowerPoints, how to present to parents and also a PowerPoint for the teachers themselves to in-service them. It's got everything they need, but it's just a matter of schools going, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah, we're not we're not frightened of this. We'll do it. So, still got a bit of a hill. Yeah, to I get think obviously <laughs> it's it's up to parents like us, I guess, to yes. really push that in the schools once our kids get to school age. Uh, I mean, I'm pleased to hear because yes. our kids will probably be going to Man Evelyn, so it sounds like we hopefully won't have to do too much work there. Um, but, no, uh, not yeah, at just, all. Yeah, but but definitely, you know, if we can sort of get other parents thinking about this sort of thing and pushing it in their schools. 
and asking if they're doing it because, you know, in Victoria they actually should be. Well, they should be doing it everywhere mm. because, you know, the people, a lot of teachers say to, to me and principals in particular say, oh, look, teachers are so overloaded, they're so busy, they couldn't possibly fit this in. But I say to them, if there is a child in your classroom who is being sexually abused, then they're not going to learn your literacy and numeracy. No. And I've Prevention is actually really, really easy. You know, it's simple, it's age-appropriate, it's easy. You can do sort of the 10 lessons, two a week, over five weeks, boom, It's the kids are empowered. Yeah, and particularly at that age, like I think Absolutely. it's so much more important than, than teaching, you know, times tables and that sort of thing. Like it, it is the sort of thing that, that should be taught at that age. It should be that, you know, a, 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 a class on critical thinking, <laughs> class on uh, basic science pr- principles. Philosophy. And, and, yeah, for, exactly, you know. Yeah, I've seen some great – there's a school called Patch up in, you know, up near us and they do mm. philosophy and it's amazing just getting kids, mm. like you say, critical thinking, listening to other people's point of view, um, agreeing or disagreeing politely, you know, learning all those skills of communication is, is really key. But what I was yeah. going to also say is that um, if a child has actually been sexually abused, then, you know, it is a lifetime – what can I say? The people who contact me via Facebook sometimes who are actually survivors of childhood sexual abuse, you know, their lives, I, I can't even begin to tell you how difficult it can be for some of them, or for most of them. Uh, their lives are just completely and utterly changed. And, you know, they're 11 times more likely to suicide. You know, they, yeah. they're so much more... Yeah will be could be involved with drugs and alcohol because this is a very very life-changing and traumatic thing but what i'm saying is prevention is actually really easy so all you need for your child is to have a few of these skills and just to soon from from the first inappropriate touch they go right that's not right i've got to tell someone and then that's the end of the story yeah Well, not for the perpetrator, I hope, but (laughs) certainly um, it doesn't continue. They don't become encased in that perpetrator's web. And if Mm. they do become into that web, it's, it's, um, as I said, it's life-changing in not a good way. So So given that the vast majority of sexual assault or... Or most perpetrators are actually men. You know, did yeah. that affect any way that you you wrote your books? Look, um, yes, we've had a bit of flack about that. As in, I have also done a big poster, which has actually been shared. I think it's about a hundred ten thousand times. One hundred and ten thousand mm-hmm. times, which is fabulous. And now it's in Persian. It's free, but it's Persian, Arabic, and just someone's just asked to put it into Turkish. So in, on that, I have a safety hand, and I also have one in my body when I say goes. And we didn't actually put dad on the hand. So the safety mm-hmm. hand is five trusted adults you could talk to, and I I didn't put dad on because, to be honest, dads are perpetrators. Uh, not always. I mean, obviously not always, but, um, you know, uh, men are perpetrators and fathers can certainly be perpetrators. And that we've had a number of, well, th- three or four men who were very upset about that, going to do all sorts of things to us. But um, it does affect how you write your book. I, I do think 
writing some secrets about a boy was really important because for a little boy, if he is touched inappropriately, he's it can actually feel good and they're even more confused mm. because it feels good and the perpetrating saying, see, you're, you're enjoying this, you're, you're reacting to this, you're enjoying this, and that shame is really, really, um, you know, traumatic for them. So that's why I wrote about the little boy in that one. But, yeah, it's um, really, it's, it's, for me, it's skilling kids up. So, and we let kids decide who their five trusted adults are or sometimes kids don't even have five. They might have only two or three, but we let them decide. And um, yeah, it I, it's tricky. It's tricky because some, you know. Yeah, you don't want to alienate. You obviously don't want to alienate dads and, and no, uncles no. Or, or you know whatever. But I, I can imagine, you know, dads who who aren't necessarily aware that there is a reason for that and and the statistics on it. Um, that mm. there would be a bit of a, a bit of a backlash from that. So yeah, that's that's really interesting that you have had people mm. upset about that. Oh, really upset because one dad was going to you know go to the education department and all sorts of things simply <laughs> because dad was left off the safety hand. So it's just an example. <laughs> there was just and that one we kept saying and my my husband had a dialogue with yeah. him on email. I, I didn't, but we were saying mm. this is just a sa- an example of one child's you know safety exactly. hand. Yeah, and you do want to be as broad as possible in sure. in an example like that because you know you, you do need to make it clear that it's not just your parents and sort of direct mm. um, you know people close to you because yeah that that could put them at risk then because. Often those will be the perpetrators. So, no, yep. I, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. But yeah, but it's true. Criticism. But anyway, it's look, it's so thrilling that that poster has been shared so many times on Facebook and is free to download. And you know, it just it's just five simple body safety rules. And you know, even if no one ever got any of our books, at least if they had that poster and went through those five sort of safety rules with children, I I know that that would be giving them some skill if ever they were touching inappropriately and that just makes my job you know so so wonderful really that I can yeah, we can do absolutely. that yeah made a difference then yeah i was like, i was actually interested to i know that you you said before that you you'd done a lot of readers under the under your pseudonym uh jay dale yes but, my ma- maiden then, name yeah yeah but then you decided to um to write to use your your married name for for these books mm. was was there an actual reason for that given that um you'd done many many stories under Jay Dale and not none under Janine well that's yeah look there is a reason for that under Jay Dale which is my maiden name you know they were known as my readers and they're kind of like my work, which I love doing I love writing mm-hmm. them they're challenging and I have only certain words I can use and you know, that sort of thing. So they're very challenging and I love doing them. But these books, these books I write under Janine, which is my real name, Sanders, which is my married name, I I chose that name to use that name because I'm so passionate about this and it's, you know, it's my passion. And I and Janine is also a good name to Google, J-A-Y-N-W-N, because <laughs> nobody else seems to have that name. No. <laughs> I remember when I when I saw it, I'm like, "Oh, that's that's very unique," and it makes is. sense. You know exactly how to say it. <laughs> exactly, because all my life, 
I've been called Janine, so I always went by the name of Jay. But now, you know, that I do Google exists and I need to be found, um, Janine is much easier. So if you do put Janine in, you'll probably end up finding me because, as I said, there's not too many of us. Oh, but, yeah, Google yeah, images show your face straight away. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's one other girl, but she was named after me, which is really nice, isn't it? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> so that was nice. But, yeah, so it's it's certainly a passion of mine and a passion I'm passionate about it and I think I just wish more people were. And sometimes people say to me, oh, here you go again, but I think shouldn't we all be passionate about this? Mm. Shouldn't we all Definitely. be wanting our kids to be safe, surely? <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. I suppose I'd also like to know, um, you, you were saying sort of before that you did have some, some criticism on, on the safety hand, but have you yeah. had like lots of other, other sort of criticism through, through the books of people who, who don't want, want this sort of, this sort of subject taught to their, talk to their child. Uh, child? And how do you deal with that? Well, you know, I actually haven't very much, Fantastic. but there has been, there has been one or two occasions, and if they are adamant that they don't want their child taught this, then I kind of get quite suspicious, actually. Mm. it My radar goes up because it is age-appropriate. It's not scary for children. We don't talk about the act of sexual abuse. Why would we? They're children. You know, when we teach road safety, we don't tell them graphically what happens and it's the same with body safety we don't go there so when i hear of someone who doesn't want this child taught this or reacts to something which has actually happened to me it um when a child disclosed it makes me very suspicious about that particular person so it hasn't happened very often but it on the two occasions that it has it yeah I get a bit concerned about that person and what, mm. why they don't want their child to be taught about, um, you know, body skills safety in and- body safety. Mm. Yeah. But no, I haven't had too much. It, you know, now it's just a matter of saying, okay, parents, okay, schools, this is really easy and it's, it's, um, it's not going to hurt your child. It's not going to, it's not going to do any damage. It's really your fear is actually putting your child at risk. So, how about you come on board and you teach these kids these skills and I, I'll guarantee they'll be so much more empowered for it and 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 I, I'm pretty sure they'll be a lot safer. So it's just a matter of getting everybody on board to do this now. Uh, especially since, uh, you know, the, some secrets uh, should never be kept. Um, you use tickling instead of instead mm. of any sort of other abuse and most mm. kids would actually be able to relate to that that sort of thing where sometimes tickling goes too far and um you know it, no can still mean no well no definitely yes. means no during during even something as simple as tickling because it's your body and once again it, interesting you should say that because i did get interviewed by um a writer for the herald sun I never want to be interviewed by a writer from the Herald Sun again. And what I was talking about was the fact that when we roughhouse our children, um, we actually have to be really 
really careful because groomers will use roughhousing where they'll tickle and play with the child and then their hands will slip down and, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that, and then tickle, tickle, and then I do it again until it's sort of normalized. Mm. Well, I got so much flack for that, so much flack like, oh, God, you know, can't we even tickle our kids anymore? Can't we play with them? No, that was my point was when a child says, I've had enough, you instantly stop. If a yeah. child doesn't want that tickling game anymore or that rough housing anymore, you instantly stop. So, um, but, you know, perpetrators will use that. And in fact, in the book, No Means No, there's a story of an, there's a part where an older boy uh, tickles a child and that was I actually um, was asked to put that spread in by a um, person who works in this area and was a policewoman because she said that is very typical that what a perpetrator will do, the tickling, and also piggyback riding mm. because of the fact that they have the child's genitals against their back. I mean, mm. I'm sorry, but that's just, you know, what they like. So it, that was why she wanted me to actually insert that um, spread in there because I hadn't had tickling in there, but it makes perfect sense, you know. But but then reading um reading some secret should never be kept and no means no back to back like I did the other night. It's like oh it's it's harkening back to to some secrets, so that's um mm. actually keeping that that same message going on, mm. which I found um really quite quite good, especially as as a parent reading it. I, I saw an interesting thing on the web the other day where a woman does lessons in roughhousing because she thinks parents don't know how to do it. And there was a video where she actually lay her daughter, it was her daughter, lay her daughter in the ground. She did a video to show parents how to tickle them. And she just, she just rubbed her hand all over that child's body. And that, it actually made us, me very uncomfortable because mm. it was like you just have to lie there and she was pretending she was a pizza and putting on, you know, layers of um, sauce and stuff. And it 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 was very troubling. And um, a lot of pe- I put the video up on my Facebook site, and a lot of people felt very uncomfortable with that because the child had actually no say in what was going on. Yeah. So yes, it is definitely um, a grooming technique that um, mm. a perpetrator will use. That tickling going too far. Hmm. All right. Well, we won't uh, we won't keep you any longer. That's thanks okay. For... You can keep me as long as you like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Th- thanks. Thanks for um, working through our technical difficulties there at the beginning. But uh, I'm uh, sorry. Really, really. No, 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 no. It was it was fine. Very pleased to have had you on. This is a great great chat. And yeah, love love the work you're doing. And well, thank you. And just make sure you keep telling all those parents out there what they need to to do that would help us all so much (laughs) that's it so thanks guys all right all right yeah thank you thank you janine take care take care (laughs) bye 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 so that was our chat with janine sanders uh thank you very much janine it was it was really lovely to have you on and uh hopefully you know provided some some interesting food for thought and, and things to think about for, for our audience and other parents out there who maybe haven't thought as much about this sort of thing as we have, you know, because it's, it's not necessarily something that, that does come to the front of people's, uh, people's minds when they, when they do think about parenting, you know, but I think it's incredibly important. I'd like to also thank her for legitimizing us in some way, shape or form. Yeah. 
We're a real podcast now. He's a published <laughs> author. <laughs> We're a podcast that has a hundred likes. Hundred one. Hundred one. Um, no, that, that was really good. Yeah, that was sort of our first real interview, I guess. You know, we've had a few people on before, but uh, they've been family and friends. So, um, yeah, that was that was really great. So, if you'd like to find Janine and her books, uh, she's got a Facebook site. If you search for Some Secrets Should Never Be Kept, and the website is, or the Facebook site is actually called that, and you've got links to her, um, to her webpage where you can purchase her books and just check out all things Janine. Yeah, she's got some really, some really great books there. Some that we, some that we spoke about and, and a couple of others there. Uh, as well, all, all around these sort of important topics, you know. And if you want to find us, you can check us out at our website, www.twosweerydads.com. You can find us on Twitter, at TwoSweeryDads. Uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash TwoSweeryDads. You can email us if you like any questions or things you'd like us to talk about, podcast at TwoSweeryDads.com. We're on iTunes. You, where you can rate, review, and subscribe to us. Uh, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the opening and closing music, Tonight Party Tonight and Predictive Text. We have another podcast, Lamestorming. Um, last week, we, we did a rather interesting, probably what I'd consider, what, our best episode to this date? I think of, so. Of I the think three so. that we've done. It was lots of fun. Uh, we, pitched, we pitched each other some game ideas and then played a couple of rounds of the click pitch game that started here on Two Sweary Dads. That's it. So that's and Lamestorming. Yeah, you can find that at lamestorming.com or Google Lamestorming. It'll come up. So, Trevor, any final thoughts? So, just wondering, where could I find more information about Janine Sanders? Well, just rewind a little bit and we told you. I mean... Go ask your mum. <laughs> <laughs>